Welcome to Amazon Legends, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became power sellers, also providers specializing in helping sellers, aggregators that acquire sellers, and former Amazonians will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here is your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. Uh, my next guest today is a former Amazonian. Hello. She worked in several <laughs> departments and um, and then she joins the seller and doubled their sales. That's when she discovered, okay, you know, everything I learned, I'm going to apply for not only one, but many sellers. So today she's the senior brand manager at My Amazon Guy, which is a full service Amazon agency. And when she's not working, She's 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 totally into computers and, and doing stuff. She's a big fan of Final Fantasy XIV games yes. and a big reader for novels. So with that, everybody, uh, meet my guest, Faith Dennison. Uh, Dennison. Hello. Faith. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me, Nick. Um, it's good to be here. Super excited. How are you? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, those who are watching on YouTube can see you are always smiling and always <laughs> happy, always happy. I, I guess, you know, the, the, there's this book called The Happiness Advantage, and it says that if you are happy, you'll be successful. Success doesn't bring happiness. Happiness brings success. That, that is so true. <laughs> yeah, so, no. that's, uh, so you are applying that naturally. So um we're gonna get into your amazon experience as we start talking but mm -hmm. since you work with multiple sellers so tell me something that you do very well with your clients um so i would say several things uh we can definitely break it down so we'll get started with seo <laughs> okay so uh, when we discussed you were kind of explaining things and uh, mm -hmm. when i said okay your success with clients what does it depend on and mm -hmm. uh, you have you pretty much put things on three like a three-pronged yep. approach uh, Absolutely. but the way you summarized it i liked it the most uh, uh, yeah so um let's see i said high value action items which That's is it. yes that is um a really good way to sum up everything i do high value action items that all together drive sales and success and happiness. <laughs> so uh, SEO is one of those high value mm -hmm. actions. Uh, share yes. with us what the other two are. Yeah, so uh, also PPC and design. So yeah, like you said, a three-pronged approach um, to just kind of work together and come up with um, something successful. So uh, let's dissect the, the each piece now yes. and then I, we, we want to understand so you know i always say that this is not a tutorial kind of podcast mm -hmm. yeah we do, get, we do get specific uh not necessarily to uh, tell people exactly what to click and when to click mm -hmm. but to give them the overall idea and the, and the know-how so that when they do take it on you know as soon as you start clicking around things change yeah but if right. they know the, the main idea, what is the principle of it? What is the expected outcome? That's what we're going to uh, learn from you. Uh, and, and then if they get stuck anywhere, you know, you they can reach out to you or whatever. Yeah. So um, let's cover the SEO part. So tell us um, why you start with SEO. So SEO, in my opinion, and I'm going to try not to make this a monologue because I could really <laughs> also take up a whole podcast on SEO. And I want to make sure I'll we cover everything. Don't worry, I'll interrupt you. <laughs> okay, good, good. Because I can be long-winded. So SEO, I think that this is important for a couple of reasons. You know, it is your foundation for your listing. Um, you can't index and you can't really drive PPC unless you have these exact search terms on your listing. Um, you know, if we take an example, uh, iPad case, right? Um, you know, I want to sell a pink iPad case for girls. You know, if, if my listing just says iPad case, you know, there's no demographic there. There's no there's nothing to describe it, nothing that people would be searching for. It's too broad, right? 
So that's kind of where this um, SEO research that we do comes in. Um, and I can tell you more about that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, what I'm hearing is really what they call the exact search term, right? So you want to be specific. So yes. if you want to sell, uh, so somebody said this to me a while ago. They said, let's say that you sell a toy piano. Mm -hmm. But you do your research and then you get listed for piano. And oh, I you're listing category. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah. assume that you come up on page one, but you're selling toy piano. People are not going to click it, right? Right, because yeah. They're not looking to buy a toy piano. Right, so they're looking that's for a real piano. Yeah, so, so that's what you're getting at. You, you want to mm -hmm. be specific as possible oh absolutely us, yeah yeah tell us why that is important what 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 metric does that impact being that uh, specific so this is going to impact your indexing which is ultimately going to impact your searchability and your revenue for certain keywords so what we do um is we take seo into like a four-part approach so our first part, which will be this foundation that we're talking about now, we reverse engineer um, competitor listings. So we'll take around 10 competitors or so. Uh, it depends on your niche, really. But um, run that through your favorite um, tool. That could be Helium 10, Cerebro. Or sorry, Cerebro is part of Helium 10. Helium 10 on Guru, uh, anything like that. You can run it through there. Um, what you're going to want to look for, though, and this is important, and this is where the answer to your question comes in. You don't want to just put in any search term, right? Because there are some search terms that while they are um, descriptive of your product, they may not necessarily be worth putting into the listing as it could take away um, from other terms that would be more appropriate or have higher search volume, more sales per keyword, et cetera. So um, all that to say, whenever we look at, um, and I use Helium 10 personally, but whenever I look through Helium 10, I look for um, organic match only. So I don't want to see like any, any keywords that are popping up as a result of like Amazon pushing it or um, ads pushing it. I want to see completely organic. And I want to see search volume of at least 100. Because like I said, you know, we, we're not trying to just put keywords in there to put them in there, right? Like there has to be a purpose behind it, right? Like um, be methodical about it. So um, I, I use Helium 10 and I always, you know, that's there's Helium 10 and there's Jungle Scout, but uh, I prefer Helium 10. They... Mm -hmm. I, I never, for whatever reason, never started with Jungle Scout. So it's yeah. uh, everybody's creatures of habits. So search volume, you said I pick at least 100. What, that's per month, right? Uh, yeah, so that would be within um, a month's time period, 30 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you put a cap as a maximum search when you are doing your mm -hmm. search? No. Okay. No, Um the more the better, honestly, but you know, you want to at least have some search volume to go off of um, because there are also opportunities and I promise we're not going to spend this whole episode on SEO, but I also believe there are opportunities for say some of those lower search terms, especially if they're branded search terms to really push those and actually, um, you know, index further on them, drive more traffic. And that's kind of part of our the third phase of our SEO process. So <laughs> kind of get ahead of myself. What is the branded search term? Oh, sorry. So that would be like uh, your seller name. So for example, um, if my seller name was Faith Deniston iPad Cases or something silly like that, um, and I only had a little bit of search volume, but I had some presence outside of Amazon, that's an opportunity we can capitalize on, right? So like maybe a lot of people aren't searching for my iPad brand or whatever on Amazon because they don't know about it. They know about me because I have a tick, this is all like, this is not true, but I have like a TikTok following of 4 million or something, you know, like, so maybe the search volume is there, but there's not a lot that can be done with it so far. Maybe competitors are also 
advertising or yeah so they would have to be advertising on my keyword or something like that so when i say branded keywords i mean just like the brand name okay so can you put somebody else's brand in your search in your content mm -mm. nope you absolutely cannot however you can advertise on it so like i said that's they all go hand in hand all the this three prong approach right so that's kind of where ppc comes in some of the things you can't put in there that you really want on your listing like you know i want to put apple all over my listing because i want people to buy my apple ipad cases but i can't however i can't advertise on it i could even advertise on like an amazon or not amazon an apple ipad itself if i wanted to so that's kind of the beauty of using all of it together yeah so i want to share something with you and and with listeners so um, a while ago, I'm working on this thing. I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody asked this question. Can I use competitors brand in my content and get indexed for it? So the answer was no, and you don't want to either. Right. So uh, then they asked, well, you know, why wouldn't I want to? Because I'm going to get all their traffic. Well, Think about it this way. Let's say that you're looking for Nike sneakers. Yeah. And uh, as a shopper. And mm -hmm. then this seller put Nike sneakers in their content, but they're not Nike. So those who are looking for Nike sneakers, they see a listing that mm -hmm. is indexed for Nike sneakers. Right. They're not going to click on it anyway because it's not Nike. Exactly. So therefore, you would not want to. However, there is something here that is also uh, there available for sellers is let's assume that you built your listing, put all the, what do you call, um, uh, search terms that are relevant to your features of your product, your, your sneakers, mm -hmm. and you're doing well and you advertise and uh, you may have bit, uh, put a bid on Nike, whatever. So those shoppers who search Nike sneakers and then click on your listing and enough of them buy it, Amazon will automatically index you for Nike sneakers. Yep, exactly. Which is so. their customer experience thing, right? So. Mm -hmm. You being in a former Amazon person, you know this. It's it's a you know if if somebody is doing such a good job with their product, delivering something that people like, they give good good reviews, and as yet they found that through searching for Nike sneakers, they're gonna say, right. "Well, I'm helping our customers." So therefore, so that's the the case. So, right. Exactly. Uh, so have you, have you actually seen this in action? I haven't seen this in action. So I have, I have actually, I have a really interesting in case of this. So, um, it, which kind of ties in, I guess, to like my origins. Um, you know, I've, I work with all kinds of different products, right? Um, so I've been working with this nerve cream and I was looking at the keywords that index is on today. And I noticed that it indexes for a brand that my mom worked for. And it's not the same brand or anything. So mostly in cases like that, like what you described, you're exactly right. You know, like you don't really want Nike sneakers in your listing if you're not Nike, because if people are looking for Nike, they're not going to convert on like a mom and pop, like $20 pair of shoes. Now, there are some customers that I think, you know, maybe they're looking for something like Nike, but this kind of goes into your long tail exact keywords, right? Because, you know, you can't just hope that somebody typing in Nike shoes is just looking for a lookalike. You could, um, so in your branded quote unquote PPC campaigns, you could, now I'm gonna say this, but I also have another point to back it up. You could theoretically advertise on something like um, 
Nike looking shoes or something. However, I would do the uh, research, you know, through Helium 10 or search query performance, which I guess you and uh, Francisco will be talking about um, to see if that's actually worth advertising on. Right. Because, you know, we can speculate all we want, like, oh, maybe people are looking for this or something similar, but you're not going to know unless that data is presented to you, which luckily Amazon gives you a free tool to review that data. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is, it all starts with the, the research and then mm -hmm. how you are crafting. So you mentioned your SEO has four pieces. So it starts, yes. so we, we, we jumped on to the third one. What was the second yeah, one? Yeah. All right. So second one. Um, so let me just give like a brief overview to like two or three words or so. So SEO phase one, um, you know, we're just looking at competitor listings, checking out those keywords with a certain uh, minimum search volume um, and going from there. So phase two is where we will remove duplicates. Um, so it's our copy update phase, if you will, you know, make sure there's no duplicates within the title, bullet points, back end, and then in the back end specifically is where we're going to be placing Spanish terms um, or something that we wouldn't necessarily want on the front facing copy, but is high value. So Spanish terms, misspellings, um, some of those long-term keywords that we were just talking about. So um, that's phase two. Phase three is where we take words that rank between 20 and 50 and get them to rank between one and 19. So, you know, what is one and 19 on Amazon, the front page? So, you know, you want all those keywords to be on the front page. You want to rank for those and, you know, take up more real estate on Amazon. So that is a okay. very brief overview. <laughs> oh, this is straight to the point. Uh, I, I like this very much. So I have questions. Yes. Removing duplicates. Mm -hmm. So, um, you're not supposed to duplicate your keywords in the title or in the bullets, but how about duplicating the keywords across title and bullet? So I think there's mixed opinion on this, to be quite honest. I, in my opinion, I don't think that you want to repeat them a whole lot, you know, like um, say iPad case, you wouldn't want it to be like every other word, right? I don't think necessarily that there's anything wrong with having that in the title or maybe in your alt text and your backend keywords. But that depends also, I think, on how many keywords your listing is indexing for. Um, so something I didn't mention in these key in our keyword research. Uh, process is um, at least when you get up to SEO phase three, you want to index for at least 800 plus keywords. So having that kind of pool of keywords, it's very unlikely that you'd be duplicating anything in like the title, bullet points, alt text. But if you're in an extremely, extremely niche uh, product category, then it's not the worst thing in the world if it's repeated in like the title or the back end or the alt text. But yeah. So <laughs> So are you telling me if you use, let's say, a, a, a three-word exact term, you put mm -hmm. it in the title, let's, let's say that it's relevant, that's what you want, and you put it in the title. And then uh, when you put it also somewhere in the bullets, not necessarily repeat, but maybe in the second bullet, you also use that same term. Does that get you extra benefit? Now that you've got that exact term, and then I also see what you're asking, huh? I see what you're asking. Um, I don't necessarily think so because it's all counted as one impression, right? So you would only really be indexing on it once. However, it shows up a lot. But this is something that's really interesting, and something I do like to debate as well because there's not really any evidence one way or the other it's more so things that you've noticed because there have been you know a couple of clients where I've experimented and you know we've kind of repeated the keywords and I've noticed you know the volume is going up but is the volume going up because the keywords in there or because it's in there multiple times because yeah. I've also seen the reverse happen when you know you don't at it you know just it's in there once but you know you see your indexing your ranking go up and but like I said it's only in there once so I'm inclined to think it it can 
but <laughs> you know it's like i said though it's one of those things that it's i i personally you know i think everything counts as one impression so but it also kind of gives it extra juice so what about uh, so this is the other thing. So obviously mm -hmm. Amazon's algorithm is strong enough so that if you have, right. let's say, for example, uh, three-word search term and then comma and then uh, another four-word search term. So those total seven keywords, also they get indexed as a combination of different things, right? Oh, with the comma? Yeah, yeah. With the comma, without comma. So how does that... How does that impact the indexing? So in my experience, once you start typing in a lot of things into like the search vault. So if we are going with um, your toy piano example and we put in toy piano, that's black for kids ages six to 10 or something like that. So while that is very, very specific, Amazon is counting the keywords as I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this as like a phrase, right? So if we think of it that way, the amount of people who are going to type in that exact phrase, you know, uh, whatever I said, the <laughs> toy piano that's black for kids is ages five to 12 or whatever. Um, the amount of people or the likelihood of that many people typing in that phrase is very low now that being said amazon their algorithm like you said is pretty strong right so even though that is highly specific i you know that would still bring up that search result however that's not necessarily in my opinion a term that you would want or something super specific you would yeah. want to focus on so let's take that the phrase so uh, toy piano for kids ages three to five okay let's say no commas you put that all as one phrase and then comma and then you put uh, available in three colors black whatever oh i see and, like separating the search query yeah, comma that's something else so but let's focus on that uh, toy piano uh, for kids ages three to five now there are let's say i don't know how many seven words in this so Amazon indexes different combination of mm -hmm. those seven words as, you know, two words, three word combinations. Right. And all. So, you know, for the listener's benefit, I think it's good to break this down. So first of all, you mm -hmm. don't need to worry about making it exact. As long as you right. have those, you will be indexed for different combinations. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. So as Nick said, not like a whole big, like long yeah. string like I was thinking so but if you break it up between the comma and then it's each going to index separately and then bring your listing up several individual mm -hmm. you know, phrases but yes. the comma is is where it separates right yes. comma well okay yes the other thing that I want to cover with you you know we are this is so important because without mm -hmm. a CEO have no visibility of this course is so true yeah which is why it's the foundation you know you need that visibility yeah so let's talk about the dash and the canonical okay. url so share with us some wisdom about how to best use this for the canonical url so yeah. I think that this is best used now you do know um or i'm sure you're aware you know amazon will um like if you go to the stores and you click on it like the, it'll just bring up like amazon.com slash stores blah 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 however the canonical url is still important for indexing purposes um so i, I assume we're on the same page right like canonical url of a amazon brand store like okay okay so i would also take this a step further with meta description as well so here's why meta description is not uh, visible to your customer like they're not going to go to your brand store and see like this meta description however and then this along with the canonical url is important for google indexing so it will index on google which you know will in turn bring you to amazon um so if people are searching for um you know i assume my brand name is toy pianos you know um and my meta descriptions like 
great toy pianos for kids ages three to 12. If somebody's Googling toy piano ages three to 12, they see toy piano, or I see my brand name is toy pianos for kids. They'll see that in my canonical URL that's indexing in Google, right? And then they'll also see meta description and anything I put in there that indexes as well, including, you know, demographic information, stuff like that. So one thing that I always apply when I'm working with mm -hmm. a client is this is for brand new listings. So they're creating a listing for the first mm -hmm. time. Exactly. We find those high value keywords that we yes. want to dominate. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to make up the first five words of the title. Mm -hmm. First five, not six, not four. First five. five words of the title and then space dash space. And then doesn't matter what you put after that. So when you submit that listing. Oh, the PDP canonical URL. Sorry, I was in a different yeah. world. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was in a different world. Yeah, yeah, no, but you're exactly right. So the five, those first five words, you know, that will be in the URL for the product description page. Um, yes. And that does index as well. So as you were getting at, sorry, I feel like, like you say one thing and I'm like, Amazon is so vast. And I'm like, oh yeah, he meant this. And then you explain it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, but I mean, what, what you explain also is, is valuable and uh, as valuable because stores are, are, are key. So yes. um, even though we were on a different I, page. <laughs> yeah. So I tell people, you know, do not, whatever, if you're creating a listing, don't go rushing yes. because you have to do your research and you have to pick the keywords because that's going to, it's going to set your strategy going forward. And then you have to make up five words that will mean something and, but not six and hyphenated words count as one, right? Hyphenated words count. Mm -hmm. And then you must put and, and some people, to save space, they don't put space in front of the, the, the dash. Yeah. No, no, that's one, one, one character you want. Yeah, no, that's a precious character. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you do that. And then when you submit it, guess what? Your URL for that product is going to have exactly those five words. And that, just like you put it, will have huge SEO value mm -hmm. outside Amazon because now think about your, your keywords are now part of your URL. And exactly. that's going to get picked up all over. And not to mention, it's also valuable for Amazon, right? Right, right. And then, you know, to add what I had added, you know, that works not just for the product detail page, but also for your brand store as well. So um, different points, same conclusion. <laughs> Exactly. So uh, um, I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah. Backend. So that is in the uh, when you are doing the listing on the on Seller Central, mm -hmm. you go to the, the page where you have the search term page, right? right? So search yes. term fields. You can also put this in the, in the flat file if you're using mm -hmm. the feed. How many do you get to have and how many characters can you put in each one? So this is something you might not know, but Amazon actually goes by bytes. So we do 250 bytes, um, which is valuable because you can squeeze in just a little bit more juice there. Um, but yeah, 250 bytes. So how do you measure the, the byte versus character? Because as you're typing, you know the, the characters. Yeah. So characters include spaces. I'm trying to remember the best way to describe this. Characters are like spaces, commas, dash, stuff like that. Bytes, however, do not take any like um, spaces or anything into account. It's specifically the character. So, you know, if you're typing in 10 keywords and you have 10 spaces, that's an additional 10 bytes that you can use. I hope I explained that correctly. <laughs> So if you're using 10 keywords, you have, let's make it specific. Let's make it simpler. Yeah. Let's say you have five keywords and you have space in between. So that means four spaces. Mm -hmm. So do those spaces count towards the bytes? 
Um, no, so, and I had to look it up. <laughs> so um, a byte is like a binary digit. So anything that has like, so a, just a regular space that's like invisible doesn't count as a byte. Whereas like, um, hmm, I wonder if I can like, share my screen because this might this might be like a demonstration type thing it's really hard to yeah, uh most people are listening so they they want that is to, true that is true yeah. so um you know, so it's gonna be like a character though like um you know just a letter a number a character um that counts as a byte but anything so if you type in something in a in a character counter or something you put in spaces, that's going to count as a character. Whereas with a byte counter, like the spaces, um, commas, stuff like that don't count because it has to be like yeah. a character. I hope that makes sense. I'm sure there is a way to look up uh, the the total byte for when you create something. So the bottom the bottom line is bottom line two hundred and fifty characters or bytes for so whichever one you use. Um, I I try to be a little extra and I do bytes. Um, I think Stephen Pope did a whole video about the bytes versus um characters. Characters. If you all wanted to check that out, um, but yeah, two hundred and fifty. That's the limit. <laughs> Steven is the gentleman who owns my Amazon guy, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, CEO and founder, yeah. Yeah, so, um, okay. So if you're using the, the backhand search terms, make sure you know that you have up to 250 bytes, not characters. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is those who use emojis, they are one emoji is not one byte. It can be more than one byte, some emojis. Is that yes, right? That's correct. Yeah. It, I think emojis count for like two or something, depending on the emoji. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I heard somewhere that emojis are not one character. So keep that in mind. So yeah. uh, we're recording this in March of 2023. So as of today, those backend search terms, it's one field and you put 250 in it, right? Mm -hmm, correct. Used to be multiple fields. Yeah, there used you... to be a lot of stuff to put in there. And now it's just like search terms. But you used okay. to have like your target audience, um, stuff, demographics, stuff like that. Not anymore. Yeah. And you, so in that one field, search term field, you have up to 250 bytes and you do not use comma, right? Correct. Yeah. No commas. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, because these things that, I mean, Amazon made these changes. Mm -hmm. uh, they make changes all the time. And, and it's uh, such uh, a, a fine thing that you uh, because you used to put commas before. Now you don't, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, we've covered SEO. Now. Yes. SEO is is done. Your listing is done. You've got your bullets. You've got your title. You've got your canonical URL, uh, the backend terms, your branded terms. You've got everything. You got ready. it all. <laughs> uh, I have a couple more things on 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 SEO that I want to get out there for people to learn. You mentioned alt tags, so. <laughs> You're referring to the alt tags for the pictures. Correct. Right? Yeah, A plus content. Okay. What about the the the, the main Im image and the and the other images? How about those? I they don't. don't so, yeah, they don't have um, an alt text field. So the alt text field is supposed to be for like visually impaired people and it's supposed to kind of describe the picture however a lot of different sellers um have found um that you can put keywords in there and you'll index for those um so that's kind of how a lot of people are utilizing those fields but again that's only in the a plus content from what i've okay. seen so put your keywords in the alt tags of the a plus pictures mm -hmm. Again, repeating. How about repeating those? Repeating those in a way that I described. So you use it in the title and then you use the same in the alt tag. Is that advisable or does it make any difference? Or what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so um, alt text definitely will give you that little bit of SEO juice. Now, um, 
it depends on your niche. If you don't have a whole lot of keywords, so if you're car parts or something like that, you know, you might want to repeat keywords, you know, just to give it that extra boost. Um, however, most listings, um, you want to aim to, um, like, like I said, for SEO phase three, we aim for at least 800 keywords that we index for. So that gives you a large pool of keywords to choose from. So your alt text, what I mainly use it for, um, even before moving on to phase two or anything like that, is I throw my misspellings in there, um, my Spanish keywords, just anything like that, that'll index, but something that you don't necessarily, like you don't want a misspelled word in your title or your bullets or anything, but behind the scenes, that's okay. <laughs> okay. So two but more questions. To answer your question, uh, circumstantial on repeating, um, but it, it, it should be fine if you don't have a whole lot of keywords to put in there. Great. So two more questions. Um, a plus mm -hmm. content. Does it get indexed for Amazon searches? Uh, yes. So the alt text, and not only the alt text, um, but the modules, the text-based modules will index as well. So um, now it's mostly bots that are scanning these. People don't really um, read the alt, or not the alt text, sorry, the customer-facing text modules. People don't necessarily read those. So I have... As crazy as it sounds, I have actually seen A plus where people just threw keywords in there to, to index. So it literally was just like keyword soup. I've seen people do that and they still do relatively well, believe it or not. But if you want to do it right, you know, have like a nice, concise, neat looking listing, you can um, add in. Now, for those you would want to do like exact match or... Um, long tail keywords, almost like you're writing like a product description or like the product bullet points, um, put like some important keywords in there. But I would say that you would want to reserve your most important or like the keywords that, you know, have the most search volume, the most relevancy, those are going to go in your uh, bullet points in your title, of course, but you know, anything else you can definitely use for that A plus text box. Um, to answer your question though, yes, that does index. <laughs> okay, cool. The last question on this. So as you know, you have product description. You have the title, the bullets, yep. and the description. Description gets replaced with A-plus content if you uh -huh. have one. Yes. So even though product which up, product description has up to 2,000 characters, right? Uh, depending on the category, I've seen some that have cut it down to 500. But for purposes of this podcast, yes, we'll just say 2,000. Yeah. Yeah. So even though product description is replaced by A plus content, if you do have product description and A plus content, does the product description content get indexed? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, so even though it's not customer facing, right, it's still it's another field that you want to fill in and put in additional keywords. Um, now with the product description, I wouldn't necessarily throw in misspellings or Spanish keywords because, you know, there are times where Amazon will find like one word they don't like on your A plus and just take it down or something like that. But yeah, it will still index um, not only on Amazon, but um, outside of Amazon as well. OK, this is outside of Amazon. Yeah, you mean Actually, the no, I, I'm sorry, I'm a liar. That's from meta description, not, not regular <laughs> description. <laughs> I know A plus does get. You were like, wait a minute. Is this new information? No, I'm a liar. I'm a meta description, uh, not regular description. So sorry. <laughs> all right, no problem. So, uh, no, you see, I, I listen. You know, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, you I, say, I was trying. That was a test. I was testing you. What, what am I? <laughs> One of my favorite quotes is I, I have quite a few. I collect them. And one of my favorite quotes I heard, I, he, I heard from somebody. I didn't read. I heard. He said, are you listening or are you waiting to talk? So there's a huge difference between the two, you know. Oh, so yeah. I make an effort to listen instead of waiting. To talk. I like that. I like that. That's definitely my quote of the day. Uh, well, yeah, I'll I'll share with you. I have like a whole. I actually did make a list, and I would. Keep oh, really? It. 
forget and uh, I will go look at it. it. It's fun. So you talked about stores and brand stories. So what I'd like you to share with us is this. There is a way to use your brand story and your product uh, your product detail page, your PDP, to bring people to your stores. Mm -hmm. Tell us how you do it the most efficiently. So in my opinion, the most efficient way to do that, there's a really good example on Stephen's own listing, his Age of Sage listing, um, but the brand story itself is concise. I mean, it's got description and, and text and copy in it because that also indexes. Um, I don't think we went over that yet, but brand story absolutely indexes. Um, but, you know, short, concise, you don't want people scrolling through there for like 10 minutes to try to get to the end where it says shop now or something, because it is, whenever you go into um, the A plus content manager, which is where you would build your brand story, it's built based off of modules. So it's going to be a module, but you're going to want that um, not necessarily at the very front, like shop now, but, you know, place it strategically um, and kind of after, you know, and it is a brand story, right? So like, obviously tell a little bit about yourself, put in some keywords in that description and then right after shop now. But like I said, short, sweet to the point, because um, the main, there are a few main uh, purposes, in my opinion, for brand story indexing, of course, uh, driving traffic um, to the store which we also mentioned, um, and then introducing someone to your brand, right? So it's not just um, some random seller on Amazon or anything like that. Like, oh no, this is a mom and pop shop who make these toy pianos in their garage and they started in 1942 and it was a fan, you know, like people like that, people like that. Mm. Okay, so um, when you have that brand story, Mm -hmm. What are the mechanics of somebody on your PDP looking at your listing and then you've got your brand story down there where your A-plus content right, right. is? What are the mechanics of them ending up on the stores page? So what they would need to do is they would need to uh, click through the brand story, the modules, um, and get to the module that's like shop now. Um or if the brand story is curated in a way to where it's like, I'm trying to remember how, how they're set up. I know it's like one little module, second little module, and then you would like flip to like page two and then a couple more little modules. So the, the way that would work, you would navigate to Amazon, you would find the brand story and then just kind of navigate to how you can get to that page. So as in your brand story module of the A plus, mm -hmm. you add a shop now button. Is that, mm -hmm. is that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, yeah, it's like a feature whenever you're creating it uh, from within seller central or sorry, that A plus content manager within seller central. Uh, it's like a feature that you would add in there, like a little shop now button. And then that would redirect you to the store. To the store. Okay. And also, of course, uh, there is. Uh, I had a seller, and it's a, it's an amazing story. Their episode mm -hmm. has not aired yet, but they sold uh, shoe accessories, shoe polish. Oh, yeah? You know when they launched, just before the pandemic. Ah, good for them. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> And of course, nobody wore shoes for about a year and a half. So it was a tough one, but they are yeah. now doing gangbusters. They're doing very well. So they. Good. Yeah, now that people are out walking again. <laughs> We're so, in shoes. But they pivoted. They pivoted. They did something. But the tip I got from him was they look at their top selling products and then they cater their. Uh, store homepage. Oh, I see. Upsell, uh, uh, you know, showcase. I see, yeah, I see what you were getting at with your question then. Yeah. So, yes, I agree with that strategy. Definitely want to showcase your best products. I would even go so far uh, if you are redirected to um, a brand store from the brand story. 
uh, put a video there as well, because you can also have a video on the front page of your brand store. You can't with A plus unless it's premium. So this is also an important driver because that video uh, can autoplay as well. Um, you know, def probably don't want like a 20 minute video or anything like that. I don't want an episode of a TV show, but like something quick to the point that really showcases your product um, and has that call to action, right? Like uh, if we sell toy pianos, our call to action is to drive more musical learning in children or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I got, I get, I got what you're getting at now. <laughs> yeah, so. I want to connect. I want to connect the the listing page to mm -hmm. the store, uh, to the store, right? Through brand story. So right, uh, that, was, that was something I thought. Oh, that was smart. So uh, smart. this is great. So uh, anything else you want to add to the SEO effort? Hmm. All, well, <laughs> I was going to say one other thing. I was going to say ICAP, but uh, I know there's another unreleased episode where you <laughs> go into that in further details. So uh, yeah, um, that's actually part four of our three-part process. So this one's relatively newer. Uh, like I said, there will be another episode on this uh, that goes into further detail, but this is going to be uh, your search query performance report uh, where you take keywords out of that and then make sure that those um, are present in your copy. And then, um, you know, the search query, what we do is we kind of look at it like a, like a funnel, right? So like you have your impressions, um, your clicks, your add to carts, um, your purchases, you want to analyze all of that to make the best decision on um, kind of how to proceed with that keyword. Like if I have a keyword and I don't have a lot of impressions, but I have a lot of clicks and a lot of add to carts that indicates that I might be laying money or I might be leaving money on the table because it's doing well with the very little impressions it has needs more impressions of ad spend. So very, very short example of kind of how you can use ICAP. Very, very broad example. But like I said, there's a whole episode on that. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, this uh, search query performance is a game changer. I'm glad oh, yeah. that I released it. That's uh, when I when I first saw it, you know, you have to scroll across. You can't see the whole thing. When yeah. You so yeah, I, I did so much data. <laughs> scrolling vertically we all do but scrolling across is not natural so i did not scroll across to see the whole thing oh i see yeah you know, when i realized it i thought holy cow this is this is like amazing they have everything they mm -hmm. have the impressions your share of the impressions and then you know click through and then add to cart and then purchase so they they released they not only track all that but they released it which amazon does not do as you know yeah right yeah no they they're usually pretty greedy with their data so the search query performance was honestly very generous of them yeah so you gave us the three-prong approach we just pretty much covered the seo parts <laughs> there's so much to cover with it though <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're clearly uh so uh, we're not going to be able to do much with the PPC, but give us, uh, we have to bring you back to, to do the rest of it, mm -hmm. but uh, give us your intro to the part two of uh, Amazon success. All right. Why PPC <laughs> and SEO need yeah. to be considered together? What's the most significant aspect of it? So the most significant aspect for uh, PPC and SEO is your PPC is going to directly impact your SEO. So PPC is going to give you that little bit of extra visibility that you need, especially as a newer seller with newer products to launch um, to get that traction. And then once you get, because, you know, your overall indexing with SEO is determined on how many people are purchasing off of that keyword, right? So this is where PPC comes into play. You know, we can't just rely on the gods to, to be kind to us and put us on the front page as newer sellers, right? So you would use your PPC and like utilize some, um, I know we don't have a lot of time to go over all the strategies, but we, you know, utilize like your top of search, you know, rest of search, product pages, you know, target different competitors, um, and honestly, uh, that's a good se segue into the third um, prong of the approach, which is design. 
um because i mentioned competitors so yeah. <laughs> i will pause here <laughs> i can go so, on uh, what do you say to those who say i don't have money for ppc i don't like this pay to play uh, idea i have a good product I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to list it and then I'm just going to let it ride. I've got my listing up and I'm just going to launch that way. What do you say to those? I'm going to say that I hope they have a good social media following or they have a product that is just unique and nobody else is selling because that I think is the only way. I know that may sound harsh, but yes, it is a pay to play environment and you do have to spend money to make money. It's it's not fair and it's harsh, but you know, this is not to 2015 at Amazon where you could just throw something up and like get a sale without any effort. Like this is, we're in 2023, you know, like there's videos, there's forums, there's Reddit pages, there's Facebook groups, like a whole lot of people looking in to how to best like succeed and kind of play the system at Amazon. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, PPC is just a part of that. I truly believe you know, unlike, unless, like I said, you have a huge social media following or you have just like the most unique product in the world that's the answer to everyone's prayers, you, you, you're going to need that PPC. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I, I do have a client. They are a fairly large company, but they never have any money. Yeah. So, so they said to me, we started, uh, we started building their listing. So, you know, we, we launched uh, just recently, launched the listing. And mm -hmm. then the next thing is they come back and say, okay, um, first of all, they built other listings without really uh, showing it to me in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't do a secret. They just wanted to be more efficient and build the listings. Right, right. And they not only put the content together, but they also created the ASINs. And then they tell me, okay, we've got these listings also. I said, oh my God, why did you do that? Why you know, did you do that? that? Because those five words, the, the canonical URL is not gone. Uh, the next thing is they say to me, okay, we're just going to launch the first listing. We'll run the PPC on it. Uh, but the others, we're not going to run PPC. We are going to go... Uh, organic and just put the listing up because uh, they also sell to big box stores because we want to just at mm. least see that we are listed on Amazon. And and I said that would be the that would be like adding insult to injury because first of all the reason why you would make a sale is because you come up under searches for certain search terms. Right. But in order to come up in under those search terms you have to be indexed. And in order to be indexed for a specific set of keywords, you have to run a focused campaign. A yes. focus, you, have to, you have to drive traffic in a focused way for those keywords. The only way to do that is PPC. If you don't do that and you just put listings up, at best, you're going to get random traffic and you're not going to get anywhere near anything focused. Number one. Number two, because of that, now that's the injury. Because of that, you're not going to get ranked. You're not going to get reviews. You're not right. going to get volume. And right. then you go sit in front of the buyer in a big box store and you pull up your listing and say, look, we are on Amazon. At this point, they're all educated enough. And they're going to say, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, zero rating, zero reviews. And, uh, you know, 297,865 bestseller rank. Right. And, uh, and you know, it's going to backfire. So that's my response. So would you agree with all this? I would agree that this is absolutely going to backfire. Um, you can't just rely on that organic ranking alone and like you said it's rank number two million nine hundred seven thousand <laughs> you know like there's that there's that many other people ahead of you and they probably got reviews they probably got you know customer images in those reviews they've got review um assuming they have you know like a rating they have a rating they have you know a lot of things that people are going to 
use in their conversion, right? Um, you know, think of yourself as a shopper. If I see product A, no reviews, nothing, looks like a brand new product. Um, I don't know how this performs. And I see product B and it's got 4,000 reviews, four and a half stars, comparable price, but it has that history. Which one would you go for? <laughs> oh, it's a no-brainer. So, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, definitely, it's definitely a strategy. If you are planning to go mm. to big stores, it's without a question. You want to launch on Amazon first, rank up, prove that the product and by the way a product that does not have good ratings they also don't want to take the risk by carrying it in their stores exactly yo and shelf space and blah blah for something that's an unknown so amazon is a good way for them to know this is a good product for us to buy right yeah like it's already got how many reviews um and i would assume that you pitch the vine program for for them if, if it makes oh, yeah. sense vine doesn't make sense for every type of product but for the vast majority i mean honestly 200 per asin for at least 30 reviews i think is a great deal considering that they're all legitimate reviews yeah. um well yeah. faith this this was great i uh <laughs> I, I, I i love i love dissecting these things into small yes. pieces people who know what they are talking about it's so much fun <laughs> Yes, I agree. And I think I was a little bit nervous because I've only really ever been on the My Amazon Guy podcast, but I appreciate you walking me through like some of the questions, like like the brand store one where I was like, oh yeah, the, the brand store you are. <laughs> but I appreciate oh, no. that. That's awesome. No, I mean, listen, it's it's so easy to, uh, it's, a, it's a huge universe of things. Oh yeah. And, and there are more, there's more than one way of using things. So, oh, yeah, especially on Amazon, you know, yeah. you, you could have asked me how to make an FBA shipment. And there I can already think of like a couple of different ways to do that. Oh, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you get into the operational part, things get even a lot more complicated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that might be another podcast episode where we talk about my actual Amazon experience. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll definitely uh, do that. So uh, enough business talk. Let's <laughs> a little bit. So tell us, tell us where you grew up and uh, share with us some of your life experiences. Okay, cool. I well, I grew up in a small town in Kentucky. Um, my graduating class had less than 100 people. And I was one of the valedictorians. So um, that's kind of where I started out. Um, I actually initially went to school for nursing um oh. yeah <laughs> um I and then I took a break started working at Amazon uh you know first as a customer service rep but there was a lot of career growth opportunities at least during that time at Amazon and I thought I actually really like working the e-commerce business side of things so then that's kind of how I evolved into working where I am now um you know, going back, going from behind the scenes at Amazon to actually working with a seller on Amazon to networking at the My Amazon Guy agency. Um, but yeah, in between, um, in between all of that, because that's so about. What was the, so uh, you wanted to be a nurse. You wanted to be a nurse. Yeah. And why was that? Truthfully, because yeah. I was 18, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had a full ride scholarship and I knew I would have job security as a nurse, <laughs> if you want the honest truth. Um, that's why I kind of appreciate the break I took from college because now I know I'm a business oriented person. You know, I'm e commerce oriented, and I know there's not like an e com major or anything like that, but it helped me learn where I excel not that I'm not saying I would have been a bad nurse but I I like Amazon a lot more than I like hospitals <laughs> so, so was anybody in the family a nurse or healthcare or anything like that uh no uh you know funnily enough um my dad was actually a computer science major so he did computer stuff so I really should have just kept it in the family like you know business with a minor in computer science or something like that so no honestly I I was like oh this I think I romanticized it 
uh, I was like, oh, I can't imagine myself in scrubs walking down the hospital lane and taking care of people. And then you see the reality of it and you're like, oh, I have totally. to take care of a person and like know all this stuff. I don't know. It's it's a lot of responsibility, like mad respect to all the medical professionals out there. But I'm so not that family, <laughs> how, how did your family uh, respond when you wanted to become a nurse? Being a valedictorian and being this brilliant student. Oh, they, they were uh, supportive and happy for me. So I also went to college a couple of hours outside of my small town. Um, I went to University of Louisville. So they were just really proud that I was there and I was there on a full ride scholarship and that I was doing that. So, um, but, but they had also, because I'd also talked to them about like my doubts, like, oh, I don't know if this is the right field for me. I think I'm going to take a break, um, maybe like work in the public. Well, I guess Amazon wasn't technically the public, but, you know, like get get my feet wet because, you know, I was not that I think there's a such thing as taking life too fast, but I was very much one of those. OK, I graduated high school, time for college. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, and. I think people really need that time to figure out, you know, what works for them. Um, I don't know if you knew this, uh, Stephen Pope used to uh, work like with a news channel <laughs> before he did Amazon. So really? yeah, that. yeah. Kind of a similar, well, not really similar, but you know, like we, we both didn't like wake up and be like, yeah, we're going to be Amazon professionals, you know, like it just, life kind of edged yeah. us in that direction. So <laughs> So uh, you didn't work as a nurse too long then? No, I, I actually didn't work as a nurse at all. It was like whenever I got to the like people caring for portion of nursing school, I was like, mm, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what was the transition, I mean, why you could have done many other things. Where did the Amazon piece come from? So it was. Um, at the time, it was a good opportunity for me because uh, it was great money at the time. It's not anymore. Uh, it was good money. And it I, it was, I was really intuitive and good at it. I mean, I know I just started as like a customer service agent, but I really kind of understood the website and where they were coming from and like the ins and outs, which made me a better customer service agent. Wouldn't you like to hear that from someone in seller support? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah but that's the kind of people they hired back then like people who um you know maybe were taking a break from college or something like it's kind of a big deal to get in a job with Amazon and especially if you got promoted within Amazon which is what happened with me I got promoted to like a higher level department so like the Amazon affiliates department and then the social media department so and that's what I really liked about Amazon because I know we had talked before that one of my main drivers in life and especially in, with my career is I like to learn I want to grow like I don't want to stay stagnant in the same position like I want to always be challenged and Amazon is perfect for that because as you know with many things with Amazon there's not a black or white answer like there's and even if there was they might change the, the resolution for that like tomorrow so this is really the perfect environment for me and then um, working at Amazon as it was it's not like this anymore um, but as it was, it was good for me because I was able to learn different departments, different facets of Amazon and how to handle that. And that's where I eventually got into seller support. I mean, I didn't work seller support, let me be clear, but, um, you know, working with sellers through social media, because with social media, that's the whole thing. But I'm getting really rambly. The TLDR of this is I like to learn and Amazon provides me with that. Now, I'm not saying that nursing wouldn't because, you know, like human body, always something to learn. But like I'm more business oriented than medical oriented. So, well, I mean, look, it's it's like human talent is like uh, the water and fire hose. You know, it's not going <laughs> to stop. It's going to keep flowing. Right. So, flow in the direction of what where the talent belongs and sooner or later you get there and when you do then it's home for you and and you just 
get better because that's what you're good at. And as you and, and because you're good at it, you enjoy it. And as you enjoy it, mm -hmm. you get better at it. So that's the way uh, it goes. Unfortunately, for some people, they never find out. I mean, yeah. That's also reality. But I'm glad you find, found your place. And I'm glad that uh, my Amazon guy is delivering success uh, to all the clients through people like you who love what they do. So it's, yeah. a, it's a good yeah, fit. Yeah, because I, I could be a nurse like on her 12th hour of a shift right now, like just ready to cry. And instead, here I am on a podcast talking about everything I've learned since working with Amazon sellers and in the Amazon space. So I'm definitely on the right track and where I want to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely looks that way for sure. This was great. Uh, yes, so I agree. How how can people uh, contact you? Share your contact information with us. We'll we'll obviously put it up with the episode, but uh, mm -hmm. share how people can reach you. Yeah, so I can be reached um, at on LinkedIn, Faith Deniston, or uh, Faith at myamazonguy.com. Great, great. This was great. I uh, yes. we only covered one of the. <laughs> yeah, it was an SEO episode. <laughs> We'll, we'll bring you back and then we'll continue. And uh, this was a great episode. Thank you for being yeah. here. Thank you so much, Nick. I had a lot of fun and definitely looking forward to the next episode. And we will soon have that. And uh, thank you. And this brings us to the end of another episode. And I'll see you on the next one. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the episode and share it with someone you think would benefit from it too.